from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Adam, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. What have I done? You produced, with your own two hands, the most incredible, Instagram-worthy, Tartine bakery rivaling loaf of sourdough today. I mean, really, all the hard work you've done, it really worked. And, you know, it felt really good. But tomorrow, gonna try again. Mm-hmm. Two times in a row. Then I'll feel like we got something together. Like, on ice cream, Catherine and I made the most amazing coconut ice cream this weekend mm. and now we made an amazing strawberry ice cream an amazing pine nut ice cream an amazing blueberry ice cream an amazing orange cardamom and now coconut and we feel like we've got ice cream down yeah like consistently can put together a good ice cream bread i don't know maybe this is just one time lucky or maybe this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship between me and carbs it is all about consistency that is true i do think bread is probably harder than ice cream. You're doing it without nearly as much help from the kitchen implements. You know, with ice cream, you've got the kitchen aid. There's a lot that's helping you along in your ice cream journey. And it, it's a lot faster, right? Like you only really, there's one thing you need to not F up. And that's that like, as long as mm-hmm. you make the custard, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas with bread, like so many things can go wrong. So feeling good, nail bread tomorrow and then on to pasta. Pasta. Homemade pasta. Any update on your purchase of a uh, many thousand dollar pasta extruder? No. I think, I think we're going to try making it by hand a couple more times, then maybe get a manual press, or maybe get the electric one. But the electric one, I found a really good deal for $130, and now it's all back to like $170. So. Mm, but think of all the incredible pasta you could have. I will say, as a uh, nice little Saturday tradition, something I've started doing is going to Lorena, which is a restaurant near here that is selling fresh pasta and buying fresh pasta from Lorena and making it. It is so much better than dry pasta. So Adam, I highly recommend that if you can, you get a pasta maker. Anyway, I think we should go to our guest for this evening, Layden Hopper, dear friend of ours, former co-worker of both of ours, and a lovely human being. Let's give him a call. Hello. Hey, Layden. Welcome to Coronapod. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you on the show. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, say it's great to be here. I'm currently in an apartment building in Houston. Uh, looking across at the neighbor, there's a man lifting dumbbells in the dark. So, we're all here in Corona time together. I don't know if that's a new Bruce Springsteen song or like some poet. Dumbbells in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> I, can al- I can already hear the, bo- you know, I can hear the boss. Uh, I can I can hear it in my head. Layden, how's his form? You're a real exercise fanatic. You're one of the fittest people I know. How's how's this guy's form? Certainly not as good as yours. 
you know, I would say an, ex- or an exercise enthusiast, but maybe not exercise expert. Uh, you know, he's, he's doing some tricep presses, which look good, but I think he's also talking on the phone and walking back and forth, which makes it kind of hard to believe that he's doing a proper job of isolating his biceps or his triceps if he's uh, doing all of that. I, I actually have a question about me before we dive into you. I weighed myself yesterday, and I'm down somewhere between 5 and 10 pounds from my pre-pandemic weight because all of my exercising is group exercises. Should I, like, freak out that my muscle's all gone or just, you know, as long as I'm mentally okay, just roll with it? <laughs> well, I think the, the, the true answer is, you know, whatever makes you feel good and, and healthy, the answer for me is freak out. <laughs> I would try to keep a little bit of your muscle mass, Adam. I think the other thing is I stopped eating meat, so that's probably hurting me, too. Oh, no. Adam and Dana have got to. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, uh, back to you. Well, Why are you I'm in a... Texas? Yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down in Texas. I'm in Houston, actually, staying with my brother. Uh, basically, when uh, we went work from home in New York, uh, it was this was in the very early days of, of the crisis. Before, I think there were still just you know five or six cases in New York. Um, people started going to work from home. I, I decided to get out of the city, not because I thought I, there would be a health risk in New York, more just because I didn't want to be quarantined, uh, you know, in my small New York apartment. So I, I hopped on a plane to come down and stay with my brother. And what were those? You know, a few days, like, I remember, like, you made plans really, really fast. Like, none of us really knew what was going on. It was that week, I, the end of the week was Friday, March 13th, I remember, because that was the first day I started working from home. And one of those days, you were just like, we were texting, and it was 11 a.m., and you were like, I'm in Texas. And I was like, what? I saw you, like, last night. Uh, you know, what went into that thought process, and, and what was it like? packing everything up and getting out of New York in uh, a matter of hours. Sure. Well, I think my thought process was, you know, number one, um, I wanted to get out before there were any travel restrictions. And number two, I wanted to get out really before the virus had spread enough so that to the point where I thought, you know, I might pick it up or, or I might be a carrier. So I figured the earlier uh, to relocate, the better, you know, just for my own health and others. Uh, but I think actually what really uh, alerted me and, you know, scared me a little bit uh, was one of the women in my office that I work for. She subscribes to one of these private um, concierge doctors where she pays an annual fee and, and I think they're, they're quite pricey, uh, but you get personalized service. Uh, and this doctor had sent all of their patients an email, um, a very confidential email that said, you know, coronavirus is going to be way worse than people are reporting. We think you should leave the city immediately if you have the means to do so. Uh, so that really alerted me. She showed me that email uh, and I kind of I decided it was, it was time to get out while I could. So yeah, I went home. Uh, the day we went work from home, I packed as quickly as I could and, and hopped on a plane. And, you know, it's been two months now. Looking back on that decision, what do you think? Uh, I, I think it was probably the right decision. Um, of course, New York just structurally is, is a difficult place to be. The density, the number of people, the daily interactions. And also, I'm just much less independent uh, in, you know, in my small apartment in New York than I might be otherwise for, for laundry or groceries, things like that. 
uh, I just wish that, you know, when I packed, I had no idea how long I was going to be gone. Uh, so what, I didn't know what to pack for. I kind of had in my head, you know, this will probably just be two weeks when things settle down, I'll come back. Uh, so I remember, you know, I was there and I was packing, uh, you know, packing. My boyfriend actually was, was in my apartment at the time and I was going through my things and asking him, you know, should I take this? Should I take that? Uh, and I was stuck on nose hair trimmer. I was like, am I going to be gone long enough to where I'm going to need a nose hair trimmer or can I leave it behind? <laughs> uh, I ended up bringing it and I, I'm glad I did. I'm, I got to ask a personal question. Is a nose Please. hair trimmer like a two day thing? Like a two week thing? Like a three month thing? Like, you know. I think it's got to depend on the person, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to get in your head. That sounds like, yeah, sure. For me, that's probably about a three and a half, four week thing. You okay. can get by with tweezers for individual, but that, that's pretty painful. Got it. I just, I'm embarrassed having never trimmed my nose hairs. <laughs> I mean, I pick my nose all the time, and presumably, maybe that you know does double duty. But well, Adam, you've got you've got better genetics. Uh, I don't know, Lady. I think your genetics are just fine. Um, so, so now, so you get to Texas, and you know, Texas, I think has has operated pretty differently from New York. What's it been like? You know, are, is stuff reopening there? Um, do you feel like people are are still taking it seriously or not so much? Well, actually, I think that my experience in Texas so far has been mostly through the lens uh, in which my brother lives his life because I've basically just attached myself to him and his apartment and kind of leeching off of him. Uh, so I got here, I, you know, I flew in, and I think this was a Friday, as you mentioned, um, when I was landing, and it was, you know, that very first Friday of working home, where everyone was still very productive, there were a lot of emails going back and forth, we still had sort of the in-office environment, and I remember getting off the plane, because I'd been flying for most of the day, and I just had tons and tons of emails with, with multiple asks, uh, so I Ubered directly to my brother's apartment and got here, you know, ready to hunker down and start doing work. Uh, and I, he's actually, he was actually out of town at the time. So I let myself into his apartment and realized that he just lives in like the ultimate bachelor pad. There's, he has like this beautiful handmade wooden table that he's like made himself, but he never, just, he, he never gets chairs for it. So his apartment has literally no chairs in it. He's got a couch and just like a beautiful table. <laughs> so I'm there with my laptop, uh, no chair to work on. Open the fridge. It's been a long flight. I'm addicted to caffeine to begin with. I was like, I need some coffee. Uh, there was like a 12-pack of Bud Light, some IPAs, not a single, you know, caffeinated beverage. Uh, so my, my first first thing I had to do was uh, I tried to Uber Eats iced coffee to this, to this apartment to sustain my <laughs> New York addiction. Uh, but he lives in basically a park uh, pretty far from anything. So... Uh, I had to Uber Eats $30 iced coffee to the apartment, which is a disaster. Uh, and kind of get myself set up. So that was kind of my first few days to adjust to his life. Uh, and yeah, things are opening up now. How do you feel about that? Is you think it's too soon? Or like, are you, are you participating in the opening up of Texas? Or are you saying, these people in charge are nincompoops, no way I'm going to, you know do any of the activities that I could do now? It's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a few things. Uh, number one, one thing that surprised me is actually, and I'm not sure how this works, something that I'll have to look into. It's actually a, a county judge is responsible for calling all the shots here. So she has kind of stepped forward, and she's the one mandating things. It's it's not so much the mayor or, or state officials, it's this judge. Uh, and she has actually, I think Houston has been a bit more... Uh, careful than a lot of parts of Texas, uh, but Texas as a whole is opening. Uh, stores, you know, grocery stores, of course, have been open. Uh, other retail had just opened last week, uh, but really most of the stores that you would think about going to, uh, national chains, are, uh, really aren't opening uh, because they're not just going to open their Houston location. Uh, so I actually don't think there's that big of a change. Uh, and then myself personally, I have not been participating in the opening up. I mostly read New York news and, and get my news through New York, so I still see the numbers, and uh, I'm still very, uh, I think, scared of the virus. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been holding back. Although I, I will say I've been a little bit tempted. My hair is a disaster. And the Wall Street Journal just published an article about a men's hair salon in, in Houston, actually, right here. That has been the first one, one of the first ones that have been challenging the rules. So they opened up early. They've been running. Uh, so I've been tempted to go get my haircut, but, but try to stick by my principles and avoid it. I would urge you to stick by your principles. Our hair is also very long. Adam's intentionally, mine not. It's a total disaster. But Layden, maybe maybe we'll do a, a Zoom haircutting tutorial, and we can both cut our own hair. Uh, yeah, or, have you guys debated like the bus that. that much? You know, I've thought about it, but um, I have a gigantic dent in the back of my head from when I was dropped as a kid, and it's really unsightly, and so I wouldn't want to uh, make anyone look at that. It's it's really pretty pretty bad. Oh Adam's wow! I'm feeling it right I'm now. I'm feeling it right now, and it is on the yeah on the right side of your head. There's like a a noticeable divot. It explains many things. I will say, I have not. I'm just really feeling comfortable in my man bun. You know, pre-quarantine, people were encouraging me and saying, hey, you can do it. And now they're kind of two countervailing forces. On the one hand, my hair is constantly in my eyes, so I'm constantly wanting to put it up. And on the other hand, Catherine keeps, you know, aggressively asking me not to do it. But, you know, I think... I think it's here to stay. I, I never would have been able to let this hair get this long if not for Corona. Um, so, you know, I was on a, a Skype call with a bunch of um, other folks and the women were talking about how they all had their hair in a bun and I also had my hair in a bun. And um, the, the partner on the call was like, and look, Adam also has his hair up in a bun. So, <laughs> so. Layden, we talked a little bit about exercise at the beginning of this, but I want to go back to exercise because you, like Adam, actually do a lot of group exercise. You do CrossFit, and um, CrossFit's really, I, well, I've never done it because it looks like it would make me vomit, but um, it seems like it's a group activity. And how are you staying fit when you can't do CrossFit? Tell us a little bit about your routine. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm actually trying to continue to do CrossFit uh, as, as religiously as I can. Uh, I've actually been pretty impressed. Um, I'm a member of a CrossFit gym in New York, uh, but I also uh, kind of get correspondence from old CrossFit gyms that I've been a member of. So I've actually been getting emails from one here in Houston, from one in L.A., uh, from one in Montana. So I've kind of kept tabs. 
uh, and a lot of these gyms have actually been really smart. They initially just gave away all of their equipment or rented out their equipment. Uh, so all their members could take home dumbbells and barbells. Uh, and a lot of them have been doing Skype classes or Zoom classes uh, so that you can kind of follow along and work out together. Uh, I actually, none of the, well, my gym in New York, uh, it's time, the times that it holds classes don't actually align to, to my schedule very well. So I've actually been crashing a random gym who happened to post their workout link online on Instagram. It's Brick New York City. Uh, so if any of your listeners are looking for free CrossFit, they should check that out. And, uh, you know, CrossFit, it seems like it involves a lot of jumping up and down. Uh, do you ever get, like, noise, uh, complaints. noise complaints? Like, the people below your brother's apartment, like, grab their broom and are like, you whippersnapper, stop jumping up and down up there. Yeah, it's, I'm actually super fortunate. He lives outside of a drive park. It's the Buffalo Bayou Park here in Houston. So I actually, every single morning, I go out to his car. I get my, I have some adjustable dumbbells. I carry them over to the park, uh, and I work out in this pavilion. There's always this, like, workout class of, like, six or eight uh, older people there. Uh, and I just, like, work out alongside them. So I, I'm fortunate. I'm working out in a park. Uh, but I think that the, the New York classes, at least, are designed so that, uh, neighbors are kept in mind. So there's not quite as much jumping, uh, not quite as much throwing things on the ground. Got it, got it. And last last question for you, Layden. What else are you doing to stay sane? You know, is there anything that you've ordered, that you've bought, that's like, wow, this is really improving my life? Yeah. Yes, that's uh, my other pastime. <laughs> Just buying <laughs> somewhat useless things online to keep myself occupied. Uh, yeah, there's actually, I'm a sucker for skincare products. I love, uh, you know, a good skincare product. It makes me feel, uh, a lot better than, than our circumstances. Uh, so actually I just found this brand called Mapillion. Uh, it's a, uh, it's an Israeli brand actually. Uh, it's a husband and husband duo started this business. Uh, and I, I'm really a sucker for unsubstantiated scientific claims. So <laughs> they use... <laughs> They use minerals from the Dead Sea and, uh, of course, have all of these claims about how it rejuvenates your skin. So I've been enjoying that. A uh, nice face wash and moisturizer. Have you adopted a uh, three-part skin routine with the toner yet? Yes, this is actually my first foray. I like it so far. Layden, I'm excited to see you when you get back to New York because you've always had really good skin. And I think of all of our friends, you have by far the best skincare routine. And so any improvement on that is only going to be uh, nothing short of miraculous. Well, now I'm going to have the dead sea skin. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, Layden, thank you for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I uh, hope that you continue to stay safe in Houston, but also make it back to New York sooner rather than later. Thanks for the call, guys. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. You know, I think he should start a skincare, like, Instagram account Mm. and be like this just... Because he is a strikingly handsome, strapping young man. Incredibly good-looking And I would love to see, like, that crossed with K-beauty, like, Korean beauty. Mm. Just, like, his skin glowing on, like, his bulging neck and, like, mm-hmm. massive triceps. Yeah, we didn't ask Layden much about his neck 
exercise routine, he's been very focused on um, having a really fit neck for a few years. So maybe in our next interview, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But anyway, I do hope Layden makes it back to New York soon. He's a, he is a real New Yorker, but, and I wouldn't want to be stuck in Texas. But, you know, right now, no need to rush back to New York. Let's yeah. talk in a couple months. Exactly. This is Orville Text, and he is a little sad these days since his whole aesthetic was around the mask, and well, everyone's wearing masks everyone's wearing now, masks. so... I, we, we did say the other day that the Orville Peck aesthetic transitioned very well into Corona time. But it is Corona time, and that means that this has been Coronapod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo is a Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat. Coronapod reaches dozens of people annually. If you would like to be one of our sponsors, contact us at coronacoronaramona at gmail.com.